that changes your life. Repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Rebin's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have the fellowship around your word. We thank you, Father, that you are a consistent God. When we can't trust in what we see, we can trust in who we can't see. We thank you, Father, that your power is available to bring change and blessings into our lives. And as we enter this new year, we're going to enter this year with confidence. We're going to enter it, Father, with faith in knowing that the best for our lives are yet to come. And so as we hear the word from the Spirit of God today, I thank you, Father, that our hearts are receptive, our minds are open, and our ears will hear what the Spirit of God wants to say to us. And as I have decreased, I thank you for ears to hear what's in the spirit realm and explain to those who are here how to make changes in their lives for the better. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We had an awesome New Year's Eve service. Amen. We had an awesome New Year's Eve service where we started a new series entitled Possessing the Promises. Everybody say Possessing the Promise. And God's prophetic direction for our lives as a church and as individuals for this new year is to possess the promises of God. It is to dream, to build, and to expand your life. And in order to possess the promises of God for 2011, I believe we must pursue the promises. And so today's lesson is entitled, Pursuing the Promises. Pursuing the Promises. And as we get started, I want you to find two verses of Scripture. I want you to find 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel 17. I'm going to start in verse 22. And then I want you to find Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. That was 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 17. And then we're going to find Hebrews chapter 11 Verse 6. As you're doing that, I want to define for you what the word pursue means. It actually means an effort to attain something. It's an effort to attain something. In other words, what I want to explain this morning is that I need you to see that in order for you to attain something, you have to pursue it. And many times in life, we are expecting God to move when he's waiting on us to move. Amen. And in order to pursue and possess what God has put in your heart, you must first get a vision. And so if you weren't at the New Year's Eve service, you need to get the CD because I talked about getting a vision. And then after you get the vision and you write that vision down, you write down your dreams, you write down your goals, you write down your desires, then you must pursue them. Amen. There's no use of having a desire to change careers, but you never put out uh, resumes to do that. 
And I believe many believers never pursue God's best for their lives because they do not have a revelation of the reward. And so this morning, what I want to talk about is the revelation of the reward within pursuing. In other words, when you pursue the promises of God for your life, there, you got to have a revelation of the reward or you won't pursue. Then you say, well, what do you mean by that, Pastor? I mean, what will your life look like once the promises of God come to pass in your life? Now, in 1 Samuel 17, this is a good example of someone who pursued the promises for their life. In chapter 17, are you there? Say, I'm there. In verse 22, it says, And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage. And he ran into the army, and he came and saluted his brethren. And as he talked with them, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gad, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines. And he spoke concerning the same words, and David heard them. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, they fled from him because they were afraid. Verse 25. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man that has come up? Surely he came to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, the king will enrich him with what class? Come on, class. He says, whoever kills this man, the king is going to enrich him with great riches. Watch this now. And will give him his daughter. In other words, now the king is going to be your father-in-law. That's like marrying Bill Gates now. Or his daughter, per se. (laughs) And then he says, I will make his father's house free in Israel. In other words, I'm going to cause your whole family to be dead free. Watch what happened. And David spoke to the men that stood by him saying, what shall be done to the man that killed this Philistine? When they said that to David, he said, wait, say that again. He said, say that again. And they said, they said, uh, for who is this? This is what David said. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And then verse 27. And then the people answered David again saying, so shall it be done to the man that killed him. And while he was doing that, while they were getting ready to explain the promise again to David, look what happened. His brother, his older brother said, what are you doing here? Why did you come here? Why did you leave those few sheep? See, no, he's kind of uh, being real sarcastic about David. Why did you leave those little sheep to come out here? I know your pride. I know your naughtiness of heart. You've come down so you might see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? Why are you hating on me? Now, I love David's response now. Watch verse 31. It said, no, verse 30. And he turned from him. Toward another. In other words, here he is talking and his big brother is talking to him. And the scripture says David turned and he started talking to another and spake after him the same thing and said, listen, what's going to happen to this man? And then they rehearsed it again to David. In other words, David got excited about the promise. David didn't look at the size of the giant. He looked at the size of the promise. And no one else was looking at the promise. All they were looking at was the problem. And I want you to see here today is that David had an opportunity to change his life. But he had to pursue the opportunity. 
In other words, this is like a scenario like if Bill Gates, which right now for the 17th year in a row, has been declared the richest man in the world. He is worth $54 billion. It's just like him telling you, listen, I have a problem with one of my uh, uh, software uh, issues here. And if you'll solve it, I'll give you a billion dollars and I'll let you be an heir to my fortune when I die. How many would like that? Well, that's what happened with David. And David could have sat back just like the rest of them and wondered what his life would be like. But in order for you to pursue the promises of God, you got to get a revelation of the reward. Everybody say a revelation of the reward. Now go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Go to Hebrews 11, 6. Because in order for you to get a revelation of the reward, you got to see God right. And seeing God right is this. God is a rewarding, giving God. He is a rewarding, giving God. In Hebrews 11, 6, are you there? Say, I'm there. It says, but without what, class? But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that he is And that God is a rewarder of those that seek him. In other words, God is a rewarding God. Now the word reward there means a payer of wages. Now see, I love the way God don't pay minimum wage. He starts at 34. Now write down Matthew 6, 6. It says, but when you pray, enter into your closet and when you have shut the door, pray to your father which is in secret and your father which sees you in secret is going to reward you openly. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is a rewarding God. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, and whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto man, knowing that from the Lord you shall receive your reward. God is a rewarding God. And just because you have a punishment mindset doesn't mean God is like that. Amen. I remember uh, yesterday uh, we had a, uh, in in 2010, we had a a ceremony for heaven with her friends where she wanted to declare that she was going to remain a virgin until she got married. So I went out and heaven and I, we went and picked her ring out. We picked out a nice expensive little ring too. And so we, we bought the ring. We had it sized. And so uh, heaven had our ceremony and everything. And so she came to me yesterday and said, Daddy. And I noticed she had a little fear in her face. She said, I said, what is it? She says, uh, I accidentally dropped my ring down the sink. And I said, okay, well, no problem. I'll just get somebody to come and, and you know, take the plumber and take the pipes out and we'll get the ring. So later she comes back to me and she says, Daddy, thank you for not whooping me. So this is what I said. I said, why would I do that? She said, well, because I dropped my ring in the sink. I said, did you mean to drop it? She said, no, it was an accident. I said, well, let me ask you something too. I said, it it would be different if I kept telling you over and over and over 25 times about not putting your ring around the sink, but that's not the case. I said, it's an accident. And the Lord just said to me, that's the way we need to see him. See, some things that you get caught up in was an accident. Most of y'all in here don't plan y'all seeing y'all just fall right in it. Oops, there it is. Now, some of y'all do plan. I, I see you. Give me your phone number and I'll call you tonight. You're planning, you're planning, you're planning. See, some people would say, 
that you should serve God because you love God, not because there's a reward. Well, you should serve him because you love him, but you also should serve him because he's going to reward you. Amen. I mean, okay, let me ask you a question. Do you go to work just because you love your job? Come on now. How many go to work for a reward? And that's how God has programmed us. He's programmed us to be reward-minded because that's going to be the motivation to help us. And in order for you to pursue the promises of God, you got to see that reward is my gas in the car. Now, go to Galatians chapter 6. Go to Galatians 6. Go to Galatians 6. Because a revelation of reward is the cure for what I call weariness. Revelation, a revelation of reward is the cure for weariness. See, what happens is people start pursuing the promises. Okay, you enroll in school and now you're taking your classes and then all of a sudden the classes get hard. Or they start asking you to work overtime in your job so you don't have a whole lot of time to study. And instead of now looking at the end of that A at the end of the semester, you start looking at all the time that you don't have to study. So in Galatians 6, 9, watch what it says. I love this. It says, and let us not be weary in what? That means there's going to be an opportunity for you and I to get weary as we pursue the promise. He says, don't let, don't let us get weary in well-doing. For in due season you shall what? You shall reap if you faint not. In other words, guess what? Reaping the promise is enough for you to keep from fainting. You got to keep your eye on where you're going. See, even the scripture says it doesn't make sense for a man to put his hands on the plow and look backwards. You got to get to the point where you say, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens to me. I am going to keep my eye on the promise. I'm going to keep my eye. See, some of y'all say, well, Pastor, what are you talking about? Okay, how many of you would like to lose some weight in 2011? Let me see your hands. Uh huh. Listen, go take a picture of that old you. Take a picture. Click. Take a picture. Pull it out of that album with that afro you got on. You know, back in the day, you got the plaid pants on and uh, window panes and, and those, you know, what do you call those uh, high platform shoes with the fish swimming in it? Okay, cut the clothes out and just, you know, just cut out a picture and look at yourself and say, Father, I thank you that I will be back to my regular weight in Jesus' name. Amen. Look at the promise. Stop looking in the mirror. Did you hear what I said? Let the picture be your mirror. Amen. But here he says, be not weary in well-doing. So guess what? Keeping my eye on the promise keeps me from being tired. Amen. Now, go to Psalm, go to, go to Psalm 84. Psalm 84. I remember, uh, you know that word weary? It means spiritless or exhausted. Keeping your eye on the promise keeps you from being exhausted and spiritless. I'll never forget last year, uh, I was taking heaven to school and she had stayed up late because I think they had soccer practice. And so heaven don't do good. She's not a great, heaven will not be clubbing when she gets old. She can't handle it. She's too tired. She wants to go to bed early. So she had went to bed late and she was just irritated that morning. She was, and see when heaven's tired, she gets mad. So she was just mad that whole morning. So we get in the car and her attitude is funky. You can smell it with the windows up. And I was like, heaven, what is the problem? 
I'm tired. I'm tired, Daddy. I want to go home and go to sleep. And she was just going and going. And so finally I said, heaven, it's in your head. What if I told you right now, forget school, let's, 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 let's we're going to shoot hooky and we're going to go shopping. And I got $1,000 for you to buy anything you want. Boy, you can see her eyes just light up. Bleep. I said, how would you like that? Oh, daddy, I would love that. I said, how would it make you feel? Oh, I would feel so good. I said, we're not going to do that, but I just wanted you to see (laughs) that your feelings were connected to what you were looking at. Amen. In in, uh, Psalm 84, are you there? In Psalm 84, I want you to write this down as a point. Reward can be a motivator for you to live right. See, because in order, when, when you're pursuing the promise, you can't be living all raggedy and expect to get the promise too. I mean, there's some things that God wants you to do. I mean, I'm not talking about living, living a sin-free life as much as lowering your sin count. Amen. Psalm 84, I love this. And then uh, I want you to mark Psalm 34 too. But Psalm 84 in verse 11, this is what it says. For the Lord God is a son, he's a shield, and the Lord will give grace and glory. Watch this now. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk upright. So the promise says this. If I walk right, God's going to hold no good thing for me. In other words, I have an unlimited supply of blessings if I just do what's right. In other words, you got to see that doing right is a motivator. Because there are some blessings on the other side of it. And what we do, we just look at, oh, man, I can't cuss them out no more. Oh, man, I can't. Listen, you got to get to a point where you see yourself as too big to be cussing. Listen, just look at people and in your head be telling them, you can say it to yourself because you might end up in a fight if you say it. But what you're going to say to yourself is, I'm too good to cuss you out. You ain't, you ain't worthy of my words. <laughs> you are not worthy for me to waste my God-given breath to cuss you out. So be blessed in Jesus' name. You say, well, pastor, what if they cuss me out? Let them burn their hot breath. And just tell them at the end, here's a mint if you'd like one. <laughs> he said, no good thing will we, he withhold. In other words... That's the promise. Everybody say the promise. That's the reward. Look in Psalm 34. Psalm 34. Look in verse 9. Psalm 34, 9. You got to get a revelation of the reward. You got to look and say, okay, God, what's at the end of this? When God told me to quit my job and go to Bible school, I didn't want to do that. I didn't have a revelation of the reward. I didn't realize that God was going to take me overseas just to get a bride. Even though he had put it in my heart. Because see, listen, there's some things you're going to have to change up for you to get the, get the reward that you want. You, you, sometimes you can't just keep walking the same direction because, see, God's direction for your life may not be what you think. So he had put in my heart. When I first got saved, he put in my heart that I was going to marry somebody that wasn't from here. But I couldn't figure it out. You have to understand that I had never dated outside of my race or anything like that. So when I got that in my heart, I was like, man, uh, what does that mean? And so here it is. I went on a missions trip and he put in my heart that that's where he wanted me to go to school. So I get over there and lo and behold, not only did I get a call from God to pastor, but I also met my wife. But had I not just obeyed, because see, sometimes even when you can't see the end result, you just got to know that God's going to do it. 
Amen. And in Psalm 34, look now in verse 9. Are you there? Say, I'm there. In Psalm 34, 9, it reads, he says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Watch this now. Read it with me. For there is no want to them that fear him. Watch verse 10. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. As you pursue the promise, you got to see that I have to have a revelation of the reward. I got to look past what I got to do and I got to look at what I'm going to get. You got to look past what you got to do. You got to look past having to go back to school. You got to look past uh, the the nine months of labor that you got to go through to have that baby. You got to look past it. And you just got to see that sweet baby that's going to cry all night for a few months. (laughs) Man, I tell you what, sometimes your kids can get on the last nerve you thought you had left. I mean, listen, but see, you got to look at the end. What is the reward? They going to sleep at night. Praise the Lord. At Landon, me and Landon, we have close fellowship in the morning. He wakes up about 5.15 to 5.45 on a regular basis. He gets time with me before the Lord does. And one thing about Landon, he gets up as if he never went to sleep. You know how when you're tired and you wake up and you're just like dragging, you're just dragging, and you know, you know, you got to get yourself together. It's like slow, he like that. He is the energizing bunny. And so I, I have to spend from at least 5.45, 6 o'clock to about 8.15, 8 o'clock. I have to take heaven to school at 8.15. And me and Landon, we having a ball. But see, what I'm doing, I'm looking at the time that I'm sowing with him. That he grows up, he's going to say, boy, my daddy was a good old babysitter. <laughs> Amen. See, some people may say, I'm not sure if you should just be believing for the good stuff. Well, bad stuff going to happen anyway, so I might as well believe for the good. I don't know about you, but I think you get what you expect. You say, well, Pastor, what if something bad happened? It don't matter because it's going to work out anyway. Why are you spending your time staying up at night when God's going to fix that mess? Amen. So, Today, as we as we focus on what God is trying to say, I think he wants you to get a revelation of what you want to get out of this year. Write it down. If you want to get out of debt, how many would like to get out of debt this year? Okay, write down, put together two budget sheets. Put together a budget sheet with the debt and you're paying it. And then put together a budget sheet with all those debts out of it. And see how much money you got down at the end of the bottom. See, over here where these debts are accumulated and you're paying them out, you may only have about $100 left at the end of the month. But then when you put that budget sheet together with, with all those credit cards being paid off and you see, oh, my God, I'm going to have $1,000 at the end of the month. That's your motivator right there. That is your revelation of the reward. And let me tell you something. You would be surprised what God will do if you would just expect him to. I did that. Oh, years ago, I did that. I said, you know what? We want to get out of debt. And so I just put a budget sheet together, and then I did a budget without all the debt in there. And I saw how much money we had at the end of the month, and I said, praise God. I said, Father, every increase you bring me, I'm going to tithe off of it. I'm going to give off and off of it. Then I'm going to cut it in half, keep half of it, and the other half is going on debt. 
And while, listen, I had it timed out how much, how many months it was going to take to get out of debt. And it was like 32 months it was going to take us to get out of debt. Guess what? We got out of debt in 20 months. In other words, God cut that time in half or God, he cut it down because I had a revelation. I had a desire and I had a plan. Amen. And so you can't afford to write some things down. So, okay, I want to buy a new car. Well, that's fine. You can want to get a new car. Do you know how much you can afford? Say, well, pastor, I want a Ferrari. Well, the devil wants some water when he get down to hell, but that don't mean he going to get it. Now, see, a Ferrari is good one day, but today you might be able to afford a Volkswagen. Listen, ride in the Volkswagen with a vision like you in a Ferrari. Pull up on the side of somebody. Have your gloves on and everything. That color took off you. (laughs) Bye. Listen, when I had a raggedy Mercedes, raggedy, this was years ago. It was a red Mercedes with chap lips. You know, some of y'all got a chap lip car. I'm talking about the cars that's peeling. Oh, yeah. Oh, my red Mercedes was peeling. But I tried to keep it as clean as I could. And I remember we were out at a restaurant and I'm driving and it was a nice day. I had the roof open and I was just leaning in that chapstick Mercedes. My wife was like, you riding like you in a big 500 SL. I said, I am driving a 500 SL. Because if you can't drive it when you ain't got it, you ain't going to drive it when you get it. See, the car don't make you. You make the car. So guess what? Now I'm riding in the one that I was riding in years ago. So you got to have a rev- You got Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm going to slap you if you don't get this point. You got to get a revelation of the reward. Stop looking at what you got to go through. Listen, some of y'all need to exercise. Okay. Oh, Lord, help me. I got to do this all month, Lord. Stop looking. Get the picture out. Put it on the treadmill. I promise you, if you'll get a revelation of the reward, your life will go up. See, here's the thing. What is your biggest desire right now? What would your life look like and what would you feel like if you had it? What would you feel like? You'd feel good, wouldn't it? What would it feel like to be in that new house? We got some people who want some houses over here. What, what, what would it feel like to be cuss-free? I am cuss-free. You can say what you want. I ain't cussing you. In fact, you just need to go and send an email to everybody at work. Subject line, I have stopped cussing. And you put in the email, dear friends and coworkers, I know I have been a cusser in the past. 
However, I got a revelation of the reward. That God will bless me when I do what's right. So guess what? I am no longer going to cuss you out. I might cuss you in my mind, but I'm not going to cuss you with my mouth. P.S. If you cuss me out, pray. Because the old me may try to come back. (laughs) I mean, how would you look? Think about it. Being the person in charge at work. You just sitting at your desk, barking out orders. Ain't picking up nothing but the phone. Uh, Jim, did you take care of that? Thank you. (laughs) What would it feel like if you finished medical school and you were the doctor? What would that feel like? Tell me some of the things that you want to see happen in your life real quick. I got one minute. Come on. Come on, y'all help me. Who? A billionaire? What, 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 what do you want to do with a billion dollars? I mean, what, some of y'all, if y'all got a billion dollars, I wouldn't see y'all no more. <laughs> not him, not him, but I'm just saying. Wouldn't see y'all. Where you at? Pastor! You, got a, you know those planes that got the little signs up there? You, your, your, your sign said, Pastor, I'll break my tie next week. I'm going to Italy. <laughs> to more is given, more is required. But what would your life be? You know, because money brings problems. You have people trying to get you to hit them. They're trying to sue you. But it's all good because as long as you can handle persecution, you can handle the hundredfold. Someone, give me something else. Cancer free. Cancer free. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Go back and look and see how you felt back then. Get a vision and feel it on the inside. I feel good. I look good. Things are good. And, and, and then when the devil reminds you, so, oh, no, devil, I, I, I'm, I'm all the way clean. I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. And just imagine the blood of Jesus cleansing your bloodstream. I think most problems with Christians, we don't take time to meditate. Give me one more and then we're going to close. Who? Say it again. Life? Wife? Oh, okay, because Brother Leslie's saying it. I'm like, you already married over there. <laughs> he want another one. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with him. Oh, it's for Bruce. Come up here, Bruce. Let me advertise you. Come on up here. Come on, hurry up. Hurry up. This is one of my men, a good man, a single dad who has custody of his own kids. A faithful man of God. And I'm going to marry him in 2011. So if you need an application, just call the office and give them your name. Now, I'm going to tell you this now. Because I'm doing this, I'm going to check your tithe. Because he ain't going to marry somebody that ain't tithe now. So just call the I'm serious now. Call the If you like the way he look, you know. Now, I'm going to ask for a picture because you might not be his type now. But we're going to check you out and tell them your name, your last name and everything. And then we're going to do some research on you. We're going to do a background check. No, I'm just playing. But if you're interested in Bruce, just let my office know. Because I'm going to get Bruce married by the end of the year. Stand to your feet. You got to get a revelation of the reward. 
What does God want to do in your life this year? I want you to repeat after me. Say, Father, give me a revelation of the reward for my life. Help me see, Lord, the things that are in your hand. And then put it in my heart so that I can receive what you have for me. Now, Father, I thank you today that those who heard, I pray that the deposit of a revelation of the reward will get in their system. They will see, they will hear, they will perceive the things that you have for them. And I thank you, Father, that as we raise our thoughts like your thoughts are raised. And as we hear what the Spirit is saying to us, we will enter into territories that we never have before. That you're going to raise up a many blessings. There are people in this room, God, that you're going to bless supernaturally. They won't be able to add up all the things that you've done because they won't have enough time in a day to do them because there's going to be supernatural blessings. And I pray now that each person that are, that's here today will leave with hope in their heart and they will see what you have in store for them in Jesus' name. And with every head and every eye closed, you may be here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You've got to get a revelation that hell is real.